0: Okay, welcome, welcome once again to another Throttle Up Radio Show and Podcast, and I am your host, Captain Kevin Smith, and I'm glad to be here, and uh, we are in the midst of a special edition, uh, I, I'm talking to my audio engineer, so this is a ro- long-running a uh, special edition of uh, Throttle Up Radio Show and Podcast. And uh, what? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so, yes, this is a special edition, long-running series on Think Like a Fighter Pilot. Why do we need to do that? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that we need to uh, try something different. Um, the ability of humans to think right now Uh, is, um, well, it's not very good. We need to be able to um, uh, deal with um, a a bombardment of misinformation, uh, wrong information, uh, manipulated information, and all kinds of stuff. All right, so that's the reason for it. Uh, It's kind of a fascinating subject, and uh, we... Um, I I guess I need to say a few things administratively uh, before we get uh, into the uh, show. Okay, so we are a radio show on Red State Talk Radio, of course. Uh, That is a weekend show, so we're on every weekend, both channels, both days. You can go to the redstatetalkradio.com website and find out exactly uh, the times and stuff like that. We are also a podcast. And the podcast is available on all podcast uh, platforms that we know of correct um yeah i mean it's it's carried uh i think by virtually all of them we're pretty happy about that and it makes it uh, uh <clears throat> available uh to a uh, a wider audience. Uh, also, we have a new book out. We've been promoting that for uh, quite some time. The, name of the book is "The Sonic Warrior Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer." Now, we actually have two books. We have, um, and I'll sh- I'll show you the cover of uh, of my new book, uh, "The Sonic Warrior uh, Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer," and um, I'm getting the um, I'm getting the other book here. My audio engineer is handing me the other book. The other book is uh, Critical Thinking Essentials. It's a quick reference handbook that you can see right here. Let's see if I got it right on the on the. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I need to speak into the microphone. I'm being told. Uh, here is the uh, the Critical Thinking Essentials Quick Reference Handbook. All right, so both of those come together. They're kind of a package. The critical thinking essentials uh discusses uh how to think critically and the uh, the sonic warrior uh book is examples of what critical thinking can do for you. Uh so we have put to those two together into uh, kind of a nice um a f- you know package format or package orientation. So uh we go beyond uh what i guess some would say would be the procedural or the theoretical we go beyond that and we talk about uh what does it look like uh, what does it look and feel like uh what what can it do for you uh in in your endeavors what can it do for you if you are engaged in high stakes operations primarily we are interested in high stakes operations okay we are not interested here in uh, casual activities. Neither are we interested in what you might call uh, purposeful activities if they're not high stakes. And why is that? Uh, That's because we have narrowed our focus. Uh, I'm not uh, belittling or diminishing anybody in anything, in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Uh, We are focusing. We have narrowed our focus to that which is really important and difficult to do. Okay, this is a high stakes operation that we're talking about. It could be uh it could be a a major business endeavor. Uh it could be and often is a uh military operation or a military mission, of course. Uh it could be uh, related to uh medicine and so forth, and so on, and the list goes on and on and on okay so uh so we are interested in high stakes operations and and so these two books that we're talking about um, get you pretty quickly up to speed on uh what does it mean to be able to think critically? And to uh, succeed uh, where there are difficulties along the way, but we still can achieve mission success in spite of these challenges that we face along the way in the pursuit of our goals. Okay, so that's the whole point of our two books and that's the whole point of the show and that's the whole point of everything that we do basically that's it in in a nutshell that is what we do now i i am did i cover all of the necessary administrative things yes i did okay so my audio engineer says i did cover all of the necessary administrative things so this for this show for this week uh, we are going to be um, uh, talking about a recent author event, and my audio engineer is going to um, ask me uh, this question. And Why do we do this? Because it it I think it livens things up, and and she has a great uh, voice, and uh, she's going to ask me this question of a recent event that we attended. Uh, at a um, bookstore in the Southwest. All right, here we go. Hi there, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. And hi to our listening audience. Okay, question. Why don't you tell us about your recent author event at Barnes & Noble, Henderson, Nevada? That is a suburb of um, Las Vegas, and this was last Saturday. Okay, yes, uh, be glad to. It was a rather uh, fascinating and well-received event. Uh, So let me paint the picture for you, uh, because uh, I'm not sure that a lot of our listening audience uh, knows about these kinds of things. All right. In in general, I can say that uh, author events that are uh, that are used to promote the author's books and the bookstore. Uh, that's uh, now pretty much up and running. It's uh, it's a um, it it was quite popular before COVID. Now it is uh, re. Uh, being re-energized uh, with, um, with a lot of energy, actually. Uh, uh, so there, a lot of the bookstores are, are, are back into this business of hosting authors to come in and, and meet the uh, book-purchasing uh, book public and uh, set up a table at the bookstore and have the author's books uh, showcased. And also, it livens up the bookstores as well. All right, so the bookstores are, are have got more energy, but they're livelier, and uh, and I think the customers uh, actually like it. I do, uh, as a you know, as a book consumer, I like that a lot okay, but we were on the we were behind the table, and we were uh featuring uh actually my two books uh the um the the Sonic Warrior Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer as well as the Critical thinking essentials handbook we were we were showcasing both of those books at a um recent author event at a bookstore. Uh, The bookstore is Barnes & Noble in Henderson, Nevada. Now, Henderson is a suburb of Las Vegas, so it's in the southwest. It is a, what would you say, pretty large bookstore, wouldn't you say? Um, Asking my audio engineer. uh, Yes, yes, it was, uh, uh, would you say it was as large as the one at um, Twin Falls, Idaho that we were at? A few years ago, it's probably even bigger than that, wouldn't you say? So it's a it's a pretty big bookstore, maybe the same size, maybe a little bit bigger. It's, I would say it's generally uh, uh, the same size bookstore. So it's a big bookstore, and uh, we were there uh, recently promoting uh, my new book, uh, mostly the Sonic Warrior Chronicles of a Top Gun Pioneer. Okay, so what is it uh, that we uh, would find of interest, or uh, what what is meaningful that we can take from that experience? I would say that that a, a couple of things um, uh, struck me as rather important. Uh, you know, I I want to talk about them on this. Uh, radio show and podcast because I think that uh, we often overlook the um, some of the key aspects of the American culture some of the key aspects of this country and the people that populate the country the, the the Americans the great Americans now here here's what I find to be uh, rather fascinating about doing author events. I've done a lot of them over the years. Uh, This was uh, one of the, I think, frankly, this was one of the best that we have ever done. Uh, I I, I certainly think that that it was one of the most well-received events we've ever uh, put on. The thing that I find to be uh, not only interesting but fascinating is when you do this, you are, uh, you are opening the doors to a cross-section of America, okay? And so you don't really know who's going to walk through the door of the bookstore, um, and who's going to come up to your table who are you going to engage in a conversation who is going to buy your book um uh, and if they do uh and a lot of them did and what are these people like and what what can you what can I learn from it and what can we learn from this rather fascinating experience so here we have uh, mostly strangers coming through the door. Right? The, this is a cross-section of America. And, uh, and they, uh, we greet them, they come up to the table, we engage in a, in a conversation, and they talk about themselves. I have them talk about themselves as well. And um, I think the whole thing is rather fascinating. Uh, who are these people? Well, they're a cross section uh some are actually um uh, uh retired veterans there's a fair number of those who over the years have uh that I've engaged in there was uh, there were some retired veterans there at this event uh recently that we just held so we have retired veterans in uh in various um uh, specialties warfare specialties and stuff like that uh, navy air force uh army marine corps uh, and even coast guard uh and the like and then we have uh other people from other walks of life come through uh and then we have some young people and i I guess that the one of the highlights for me was uh, was that a a 9-year-old boy came up to my table and um expressed a desire to uh buy my book The Sonic Warrior and so I guess that was the youngest customer that we had uh that uh during that event uh and that was uh for me that was really gratifying that we had uh, uh, even even young people uh, are interested in in what we're talking about. <clears throat> what is going on with America? Okay, well, I think from what I can observe with this cross section of Americans coming through the door and coming up to my table, um, my thoughts are are this uh, number one uh, Americans uh are are predisposed to to try to be happy or try to be uh, of a good spirit. Okay, so that's that's one of the things. I I, I think I I think that that a lot a lot of what I get is that uh, we, we are we are tired of the bad news. We are tired of being accused of something. We are tired of this constant bickering back and forth, and the accusations. Uh, we are tired of dirty politics. Uh, we are tired of exploitation. We're just tired of it. Uh, people want to be want to join in in a f- friendly discussion in a friendly uh, endeavor. Uh, we want to return to a friendlier time than what we see going on right now. So there's a hunger out there for, um, for. from my perspective, for more camaraderie. There's a hunger out there for more um, cooperation, for more collaboration. Let's... Let's join together uh, and make this a better world. Let's join together and do the important things and do the important work so that we can can continue to prosper as a great nation. Uh, we should not be at the end of our prosperity uh, efforts. Uh, We should not be a country in decline. Uh, We should be uh, a vigorous country, a country that uh, displays vitalism. And we should be uh, working uh, to uh, strive and to, improve, and to create, and to innovate, and to uh, uh, not only survive, but thrive, prosper, uh, uh, make us even a better place for our children and grandchildren than what we had. And there's a, there's a, a growing hunger in the nation that I see uh, for this. Uh, we want the bickering to end. We want goodness and kindness to prevail. and we also want people that uh, that are willing to and can uh, rise up and take leadership positions and come up with the necessary solutions to our problems uh, without imposing tyrannical rule uh, within the context of a free culture, within the context of a free society, within the context of our uh, Constitution, uh, which is is the best that has ever been done by the way, by any uh, group of people or any country in the history of the world. Within the context of that, uh, let's go ahead and, and work on solving uh, all of our uh, uh, national and international problems and work together to improve the prosperity of everyone. Okay, so that's the general take on the um, uh, the author event that we just uh, participated in uh, here in the uh, Las Vegas area. And <clears throat> the other thing is this. Um, you know, uh, people are also looking at the time in which... Uh, the United States was uh, was the leading uh, country. The group, uh, the Americans, was the leading country in which uh, innovation and creativity uh, was on full display. And one of the areas that innovation and creativity uh, or another, another way of saying that is uh, one of the areas in which, or one of the eras in which, um, which represented a high point in uh, American innovation and em- American creativity, was the the era that uh, that occurred that I was uh, part. Of, and what is that? The uh, I would I would call that the early supersonic era. The early supersonic era, uh, which is uh, the era that I participated in as a sonic warrior, and as a Top Gun pioneer. The early sup- the, the early supersonic era was an era in which uh, innovation and creativity was on full display. American innovation creativity and ingenuity was was in fact on full display and was operating uh, full steam ahead we were uh, we were innovating and creating things literally almost on a daily basis uh, there was all kinds of things that we were doing with respect to aerodynamics of course with respect to uh, aerospace with respect to avionics systems avionics is a uh, how would you how do you understand avionics i'm asking my audio engineer avionics you understand that is a um uh, an, an electronic system or an electromechanical system or both maybe it's both right you know so it's electrical and Electromechanical or electronic system, all right. So, uh, designed for uh, for aviation purposes. All right. So, so there was uh, huge efforts in the way of innovating avionics systems during this period of time. Massive improvements and developments, uh, literally on uh, on a, on a on a daily basis, new things were coming out, new things were being invented. You know it was It was uh, one of the most remarkable things, I think, in the course of human events. Um, there was all kinds of things in terms of uh, human performance that were being uh, considered, being able, being looked at, uh, fields such as um, aviation psychology and other things uh, training system design uh cockpit design emergency systems um uh, you know modern parachutes modern um uh, ejection seats <laughs> we started we started out when i started out as a young uh navy fighter pilot the the ejection seats that we had were called. Uh, we we had a, a cute name for them. They were called. We called them. Not, this is not official, but we call them gunpowder chairs, which basically was that there was a gunpowder. There was actually an artillery shell uh, uh, that we sat on, and it would. Uh, if you ejected from the airplane, we would ignite the the gunpowder, and it would propel you out of the airplane. Rather crude and rather, rather hard on the body, uh, and uh, not all that reliable. But that was the best that we had. But then, uh, uh, this was around, um, I would say, uh, mid to late 1960s. Then the rocket-powered ejection seat was, in fact, invented and what a marvelous thing it was uh it improved survivability uh for uh, flight crews that had to eject uh it was actually invented as it turns out um, uh by a i'm not actually sure so i'm going to say a british firm so uh so the the inventions were coming in uh, not just from America, but we're uh, but some of our allies were contributing to the inventions uh, in the field of aviation. So, the, in other words, that it was it was wide open. It, it was a wide open space for uh, for new innovative ideas. Wide open, um, and so the uh, this was a this was a great invention: the the rocket-powered ejection seat and. And all kinds of things came from that, and and the rocket-powered ejection seat had had all kinds of automatic features to it. Uh, the uh, the parachute automatically opened. The uh, seat pan automatically deployed. On and on and on and on. Uh, there were uh, things that uh, we had to uh, protect uh, our extremities. And uh, there was all kinds of wonderful things. That's just a a, a brief uh, look at some of the uh, innovative things. there was uh, There was enormous uh, and very successful efforts in the way of aerodynamics. Uh, the aerodynamics of the airplanes were uh, were progressing. Uh, significantly. We went from the piston era, uh, the piston propeller era, to the early jets. Uh, These were straight wing, and then we went to the swept wing jets, and from that we went to supersonic uh, flight, and the uh, early supersonic uh, fighters were... Uh, were uh, so fast that some of those um, um, initiatives have never been uh, duplicated. In other words, we we went all the way to um, to the the very end of what we could do uh, from an aerodynamic standpoint. Now, I'm not saying that we can't go any further today. Uh, in in we. Most certainly can and should. But back then, uh, we had airplanes that, uh, for example, in my book, uh, the uh, Sonic Warrior that you can see here, uh, there is a um, a chapter. But we we call them episodes in the book because they're not necessarily chapters. These episodes are more of a a standalone or semi-standalone. Uh, stories uh, which is what they are and and there's a there's one episode in the book called the speed run uh, and uh, it talks about uh, the uh, flying flying a supersonic fighter faster than a thousand miles per hour and that's in the book i did that as a uh, young fighter pilot uh, getting into the era of sonic warfare uh, I was flying an airplane that could uh that could actually fly faster than a thousand miles an hour. so it set a world speed record back in the uh in the late nineteen fifties and early nineteen sixties. This is when a lot of this development happened, and so this airplane set a world speed record, which happened to be uh faster than a thousand miles per hour. And it subsequently was, well, as a result of that, it, uh, it was awarded uh, two uh, aviation trophies, the, the Collier Trophy and the Thompson Trophy, uh, because of that. And so there was enormous amounts of innovation and creativity going on across the board, uh, both in the Navy, uh, certainly, in the Air Force, certainly. Uh, let me give you an example of that there was and, and like i say that it was a it was a wide open time and um this is uh, the the war the the door for innovation and creativity was wide open and everything that had a chance of being successful was going to be considered um uh, And uh, no questions about it. One of the things that came about was the angled deck. The angled deck on an aircraft carrier was necessary because of these high-performance airplanes that the Navy wanted to employ. These high-performance airplanes were supersonic fighters. The Navy wanted to employ such uh, aircraft in the carrier task force. Uh, arena, but they were also uh uh difficult to land and uh, the landing speeds were quite high and so uh in order to achieve some kind of a wave off capability in close uh they had to invent the angled flight deck and that was invented and also what else what what also was invented was uh the uh optical Landing system that went hand in glove with the angle flight deck. And it was all kinds of other uh, things that were created uh, for uh, in terms of the airplane uh, boundary layer control was one of the things that was used on a regular basis. All kinds of high lift devices were invented. uh, And so to take a supersonic uh, or a wing that's designed to go supersonically and to also utilizing the same wing with other um, additional devices to get it to fly at a relatively low speed. It required an enormous amount of creativity. And innovation on the on the part of the um, aerospace community, and and they came through with some very very impressive systems, uh, very uh, impressive uh, inventions, basically, uh, as it turns out. And this was a time when that was uh, front and center, and there, and there was a really a, a fairly large number of, uh, of companies that were working on uh, that whole area of uh, coming up with new concepts and new ideas and new ways to uh, design these airplanes so they, they could perform well in a high-velocity air combat environment. So let me give you an example of that. We talked about this before, but it's it's worth the, uh, explaining again. The first the 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 first huge uh, invention was in in the in the uh, field of aviation. The first huge invention was the laminar flow wing that was used for the very first time on the P51 Mustang. The P51 Mustang was introduced in the late 1940s. Uh I think it was 1944 and it single-handedly won the uh, the European uh World War II uh battle for uh for the Allied forces and for us. Uh, single-handedly, I know that's a that sounds like a tall order, but that's actually true. All right. It single-handedly allowed the bomber force to go into Germany unmolested, and it quickly brought the 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 war in Europe to an end. And, and the And the P-51 Mustang did it. We talked about that. What was it last show? I'm talking to my audio engineer. Was it last show? We talked about Tommy Hitchcock. Yeah, Tommy Hitchcock was uh, directly responsible for that. Tommy Hitchcock was was the first Maverick, by the way. Um, He was a colonel in the Army Air Corps. It's also referred to as the Army Air Force. He was a colonel, and he was the first Maverick. And through his insight and persistence, we were able to get the P-51s to escort the bombers all the way into Germany and back. We were able to do that. And the P-51 was significantly uh, better in the air combat arena than anything else. Period. Okay, we're talking about uh, air speeds that were at least a hundred knots faster than the best the enemy could put in the air, uh, and also the firepower turning abilities and all kinds of things related to that so the p51 was the first with the laminar flow wing what an amazing invention that was that invention was like uh it was really you know when you think about it you, you wonder how how did we ever come up with this that idea i mean it was like you know, it was like you know, completely out of the box, it was entirely a new type of aerodynamics or and a new type of aerodynamic theory. You know, and I can get into this in some measure of detail, and I guess I should do that in some uh, future video that uh, that we that, you know that we can produce. Uh, and when, by the way, this show is also being video taped so it is a video podcast as well as an audio podcast uh, when can we show this 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 would occur up this would appear on our uh, would it appear on our sonic warrior uh, website is is that where people could go to 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 find this this uh, YouTube oh, on youtube channel okay all right the sonic warrior youtube channel you can also find this uh, video podcast of this show. The website, too. And the website. Website and YouTube channel, both. Okay. All right. Okay, so, uh, and I should do that because there was a, it was a completely new idea emerged. And it was like, uh, you know, like way, way out of the box. And then on top of that, this this absolutely crazy idea uh, was combined. There, so there are two out of the box crazy ideas that came together in aviation. <coughs> excuse me, during this period of time. Like I said, the first one was laminar flow wing. Okay, <laughs> yes, and the other one was swept. Wing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you put those two together. You put laminar flow wing together with swept wing. And what do you have? OK. Now, remember at this time we were actually moving into the jet era. So early turbojet engines had been invented and were being used to replace the piston propeller powered airplanes so we have a turbojet powered airplane now they first came out as as straight wing all right so the 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 uh the f9f panther the p80 shooting star uh airplanes like that uh T thirty three, the airplanes like that, they were straight wing, okay. And then somebody got the idea that we could actually uh, design a uh, a uh, a jet tactical airplane that could fly faster than the speed of sound. That was that was the that was the objective. It was very, very hard to do, but by putting two things together, the laminar flow wing and the swept wing, we were actually able to do it. So we had two inventions that came together, and there was a third invention that fit into this puzzle. Uh, So basically there was three, three inventions, laminar flow wing, swept wing, and area wing. Rule fuselage area. Of rule fuselage meant that the fuselage dimensions or the fuselage diameter varied uh, along the the length of the fuselage. It wasn't a constant diameter. The fuselage diameter changed. It was it was smaller or more compressed in the area of the wings than it was outside of the uh, wing box okay why is that well there's all kinds of reasons for that which we can get into later but three inventions came together and those three inventions were embedded in the airplane that actually was the first world's first supersonic airplane now we're not talking about a Uh, air vehicle that was rocket powered that was dropped from a mothership we're not talking about that and chuck yeager was the pilot who flew those air vehicles they were experimental vehicles to see if we could actually uh, fly faster than the speed of sound without the airplane uh, breaking apart or tumbling or whatever and he was able to prove that yes we could fly faster than the speed of sound so we created a whole new era, area of uh, aerodynamics or, uh, you know, or uh, an area of, um, (coughs) excuse me, of (coughs) investigation, which was uh, supersonic um, investigation. (coughs) And we put all those three things together in the world's first supersonic airplane. The world's first supersonic airplane, I mentioned this before, is in fact the F-11 Tiger. It's a Grumman airplane. All right, so let's go back a little bit and look at all of the innovations that we can say that came out of Grumman Aerospace, which was a uh, prototypical example of the... the. Uh, the number and the significance of all of the innovation and creativity that was taking place during that period of time. So we'll go back to uh, a, a, a major breakthrough that Grumman had during World War II. Okay, during World War II, Grumman comes up with the F6F Hellcat, Now, that's a carrier-based airplane. It is powered by a Pratt & Whitney engine called the R2800, okay? Uh, That was a a double radial engine. It produced somewhere in the vicinity of 2,000 horsepower, and it powered this uh, amazing fighter called the F-6F Hellcat. And that airplane single-handedly won the Battle of the Philippine Sea during World War Two. The Battle of the Philippine Sea was the final turning point in which the American naval forces was were able to essentially defeat and destroy the imperial japanese carrier navy and that was done during the battle of the philippine sea and that was solely the re, the, the the responsibility and they solely the, the result of having the F6F Hellcat a uh, brand new airplane fighter That was better than anything else in the sky at that time. Okay. Was it similar to the P-51? The answer is yes, it was quite similar. P-51 came out first, but soon after that the Hellcat came out. And if you notice and just look at the airplanes, both airplanes, you can see that the, the wing design of both airplanes is very, very similar. Okay, so we have the laminar flow concept there. Okay, now <clears throat> from the F six F Hellcat, which basically won the uh the uh the 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 uh um, the war in the Pacific, uh, if you had to say what what won the war in the Pacific, that was the F6F Hellcat. All right, so Grumman produces that. All right, so they were very successful. They went went on to build a, an F8F, uh, uh, I can't, uh, was it uh, F8F uh, Bearcat? I think it was. And then they uh, quickly went into uh, the jet, uh, Business, so they they, they quickly designed. Uh, this was uh, this was during uh, the Korean conflict. They designed the the F nine F Panther. That was a st- straight wing jet airplane. Okay, that was pretty innovative because it was jet powered. It was the first turbo jet powered carrier based airplane the F9F Panther. (coughs) Now they, (coughs) excuse me, they went on soon after that because the F9F Panther uh, didn't have the top end speed that they needed in order for us to compete against what the Russians were building at the time, which was the MiG-15. Okay, so (coughs) they, quickly came up with a modification to the F-9F Panther, and that happened to be the F-9F-8 Cougar. All right. Basically, it was a Panther with a swept wing. All right. So the Cougar was the first swept wing airplane, or uh, essentially the first. It was maybe... Not quite, but this is close enough. So the Cougar was the first swept-wing carrier-based fighter. Now, I guess I'm dating myself a little bit when I say that I flew the Cougar. So I'm talking to my audio engineer, and she's looking at me thinking, yes, you're you're dating yourself. So I actually did fly the f F. 9F8 uh, Cougar. I flew that airplane. Alright, so that was an early turbojet airplane. First swept wing carrier based airplane. Quickly followed by the F-11 Tiger. Now the F-11 Tiger was remarkable because it incorporated as I mentioned earlier, it incorporated uh, three inventions together so the f11 tiger is the embodiment of three inventions coming together and if you if you had to get really technical i'm going to say that that that's going to be at least three inventions there actually happened to be four but that gets a little bit uh a little bit too technical but i will just briefly mention that the tailplane was different as well all right, but the three major inventions in the F-11 Tiger was the laminar flow wing, the swept wing, and the area-ruled fuselage. Those things came together, and the, air, and the airplane was powered by an early turbojet airplane with, I'm sorry, early turbojet engine with an afterburner. Okay, so... That was another invention as well. So we have a turbojet airplane, uh, engine, but it also had an afterburner uh, attached to it. And it was a, actually a J65 turbojet engine with afterburner, and I believe that was the world's first afterburner-equipped turbojet engine. All right, so all of those things came together, and what did it do? It actually enabled us to operate, of uh, uh, effectively operate, the world's first supersonic fighter from the deck of an aircraft carrier. Okay, y- you see where I'm going with this? All right, I just got the two-minute warning too from my audio engineer. You see where I'm going with this? I mean, the, the 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 amount of of innovation and creativity during this period of time was nothing short of astounding, and that's what we are highlighting in our book, The Sonic Warrior. That's what we are highlighting in this series of radio shows and podcasts on Throttle Up. That's what we are highlighting. And the whole point of this is not nostalgia. The whole point of this is that we can and must return to this kind of time in which innovation and creativity prevails. Okay, we must do that. And we must set us ourselves up. We must set this country up such that it can continue with this American style innovation and creativity. I, I want to do a shout out to the Brit Brits uh, here. I don't want to exclude them from this process because they were also very, very highly involved in contributing to the enormous amount of innovation and creativity, with respect to uh, aviation as well as with respect to early supersonic flight. So I don't want to, I want don't want to shortchange that and acknowledge that the British were also contributing to this sea of innovation and creativity uh, that was uh, <clears throat> coalescing during this period of time. I guess, are we getting to the end of uh, another, we are at the end of another Throttle Up Radio Show podcast. Thank you for being here and we will see you all next week.